This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to A Page Too Far. This is the show where each week one of us reads a book and we tell the other all about it. I'm just, I'm so excited to be here. You sound slightly condescending. Yeah, I know, that's, that's a little bit. My name is John Henley, and with me as always is my co-host, Jimmy Turtleneck. Turtle. 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 Turtle, you know. Am I turtly enough for the turtle club? How you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing okay. Did you know that that scene was shot on 9-11? I did not. That's amazing. <laughs> they were literally shooting it that day. Wow. Got the news of what happened. But the show must go on. And they had a moment of silence before continuing Wow. And then you do that? <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. This week... We're diving into a book that I told you about a long time ago mm-hmm. and then just couldn't figure out where to fit it in. Thought right. it would be a good bonus episode. It wouldn't. Right. <laughs> um, and we also conveniently had a good episode that ended up being terrible for an episode and a good bonus episode. Right. <laughs> so it worked so out. So it worked out. We swapped them. Uh, this is a book called Tech War. Tech is T-E-K, War. Not to be confused oh, okay. with Star Trek or Star Wars. Right. It is written by the one and only William Shatner. The the green lady banger himself. The green lady. Well, yes, the green lady banger. The I was going to do the intro in a Shatner pause, and I completely forgot. But oh, that's okay. that would have been good. It would have been good, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So this was written by William Shatner in 1989. Right. Published in 1989 uh, by the Berkeley Group. Okay. And this is the second Star Trek star author. Right. On the show. On this show so far. After, after Michael Dorn author of our first book that we did. Yeah. Time uh, Blender. Time Blender, which is on the shelf right there. Instant classic. Love it. This has a lot of similarities, actually, now that I think really? about it. But it's also different. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it, it's it's a completely different plot, but just in in the writing style, it feels different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels very similar, uh, having not actually read Time Blender, but have it summarized to me. Right. It is 307 pages long. Okay. It should be 100 pages long. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, we're going to get into that, but uh, for now, let's dive into it. We open with Winger. He's an android who is charged with moving the documents to release prisoners from the freezer. Okay. It's like Demolition Man? Uh, they, have, they freeze criminals? Seen. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. That, is, that is what happens. Uh, we find this out a little bit later, but, you know, uh, for the world-building purposes, uh-huh. when a criminal is charged with different offenses, they are given a certain amount of time and they're put in cryosuspension. Right. And then they wake up and it's later and that's the punishment. It's not much of a punishment. I no, feel like. no. Especially because uh, it's described that you just go to sleep and wake up. Yeah. Like that, doesn't, so. that doesn't reform you as a person. That doesn't change no, anything. It's, it's just time has passed and now everyone you knew is older. Or yeah. Dead. So your punishment, I guess, is being misplaced in society. Yeah. Your friends and family are gone. You don't know how to do anything. Yeah. But it's, but it's also not, it's not gone per se because of the crimes that we hear about. Yeah. I believe i didn't write this down because i wasn't going to address it but it it was something that just made me a little bit angry they talk about a murderer a rapist and like a bootlegger or or maybe a drug dealer and the drug dealer is given 15 years the rapist is given like four years and the murderer (laughs) is given like two months jesus i'm like what 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 that's a little (laughs) backwards They're, they're they're those aren't exact numbers but they're in like that descending order like the murderer is the least punished the wow. rapist is in the middle and the drug dealer's up front. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what's up with that other than this was written in the 80s and, like, war on drugs. Go. But, yeah, I guess. Um, 
But murder. But murder. Murder has never been like, let's go easy on the murderer. Right. That's it's never always been like the thing. most punished thing. Yeah. It's always capital punishment right. for that. Right. Uh, anyway, Winger is an android. So he is, uh, androids at the, in this world are almost human. They okay. have personalities. Right. They have quirks and flaws, but he, uh, he is an android and he is a paper pusher who basically escorts prisoners. He, he brings the orders to release them and then escorts them back okay. to uh, the cab so they can be about their business. Okay. He is set to release one specific prisoner. That prisoner's name is Jake Cardigan. Cardigan. <laughs> Cardigan. Hence, John Henley and Jimmy Turner. Okay. Uh, it makes sense now. Yeah. It makes sense yeah. now. <laughs> no, those jokes, without this context, those jokes make no sense. I mean, that's all of our intros now that's true you need the that's true <laughs> you need the, you need the context of the book yeah so jake cardigan is our main character okay just picture him as will shatner because okay. that's all i can do okay. because that's all he is to me yeah in a, in a nice woolly sweater right Looks exactly so comfy exactly <laughs> i i forgot we have the book yeah we have the book yeah, yeah. here look at the let cover me, what do you see, see? I, I did catch a peek of this earlier. You did a little bit, and I immediately noticed a titty woman. There's, there's some, there's a naked woman, uh, um, but she has uh, an exposed circuit board on her chest. Yep. So I, I guess she's one of the androids. Uh, we got a sick ass backdrop. Uh, it looks like a floating mountain. It does. It's a really cool backdrop. Yeah, with a with a spaceship coming in on the left, and mm -hmm. then we have <laughs> someone. Who's kind of staring off in the middle distance, contemplating his own mortality on the that's, left. Uh, that's Jake. On the right there, yeah. Uh, and we have a metal man in magic pants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't know who that is. And that's uh, that's about it. On the back cover, who do you see? William Shatner. The man himself. Yep. The myth. It's like fucking 92 now. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. I know. He's in, uh, was it Psych, right? Where he plays? Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he played... Uh, Jules' father, yeah, I think the and he was like a, a scam artist. Yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. So, so this uh, appears to be right, like another planet, right, with a starship or, and or then, moon or moon or I'm moon. Not sure, and then like a floating plateau kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It all takes place on Earth. Oh, uh -huh. okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's up with this. Right. So it's like Time Blender. You kind of. Yeah. It's like oh, that that's not in it. That's not in it. Okay. Yeah, and they're very similar covers too, in terms right. of just the, the random imagery and everything like that. Um, I don't know who that metal man is supposed to be. <laughs> okay. Specifically, um, I do know who the woman is. But yeah, but it, it, it takes place. We stick pretty much in SoCal, Southern California, and okay. Mexico. Okay. Not bad. Yep. Awesome. I was disappointed. Oh no! By that, I mean. Oh, I by that. Okay. I was expecting a spacefaring adventure, but right. no, it's just it is. Um, this is an '80s cop movie transported into the year 2140. It's more like Blade Runner, or kind of, uh, yeah, Altered Carbon. I'd say closer to Altered Carbon than Blade yeah. Runner, but yeah, but that kind of that kind of thing. It's interesting. Jake Cardigan wakes up uh kind of like neo in the matrix he's being unplugged and okay uh set free set free he uh they make a point of saying he shit himself when he was waking up <laughs> okay um they also make a point of saying it's normal right somebody is asking why jake why is he being released we can't release him he, he he's he's not ready yet he's not done we still gotta okay. put him in you gotta cook him for a little longer they didn't actually say that that was just me right <laughs> but winger says i don't know i'm just the messenger don't right you know yeah, yeah, I have yeah. no idea. He, he almost gets like snooty about it too. Well, the android. Yeah, he's like, I, I'm just the messenger. Like, <laughs> I don't have any details. You'll have to ask everyone else. I'm merely performing my tasks. Exactly. All requests are directed to my superiors. Exactly. Jake 
having woken up, he remembers dreaming while frozen. Of electric sheep? No. Specifically of his life. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He remembers his childhood, uh, all the women he's banged, his (laughs) wife, all the, all the kids, (laughs) all the kids he's banged. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Anyways. He remembers his kid. Um, he is, he he has a wife named, uh, Kathy. Okay. Uh, He has a son named Danny. Uh, but he also remembers dreaming of some other dark haired woman who he never banged her. He just doesn't, he, she's familiar, but he, he can't place her. Okay. He asked the medical team around him what's happened in the last 15 years. And they say, oh, well, you're in luck. It's only been four. Okay. He says, but I was, I was supposed to be put away for 15. They're like, yeah, no, you're, you're released early. Why? We don't know. Ask Winger. Hey, Winger. Why? I don't know. Ask the boss. <laughs> okay. You know, okay. it's that kind of. It's very similar to Altered Carbon, kind of. See, I never actually saw all of, uh, well, I didn't see any full episodes of Altered Carbon, but I'm familiar with it. So I, I didn't have this, oh, that comparison to make directly. Yeah, it's also a, like, it's also a book series, which is what the show is based gotcha. on. Gotcha. So, yeah. uh, no, he's brought, it's the same way where people, their consciousness is stored in a little disc that goes in the back of the brain or the, um, you know, brain stem or mm-hmm. whatever. And then, uh, so they, they, the bodies are called sleeves. Okay. Uh, and they use cloning to create sleeves and then you can plug yourself into whatever sleeve you want. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. 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 Uh, and so the criminals, their, their disc is pulled out. I forget what their fucking disc is called, but that's pulled out and it's just put into like storage, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. And then they pull it out, plug it into a sleeve to release them, you know? Gotcha. And so it starts out with him being released and he doesn't know why, or, you know, is super early and it's cause some guy wanted him to do anyways. Go, yeah, this, this, that, I mean, that's very much, yeah. um, I don't know that this book is an original concept. Right. <laughs> I mean, so far we have Demolition Man mixed with Altered Carbon, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, which I mean, I, I don't know how old Altered Carbon is, but uh, that might have been before uh, Demolition Man. Yeah, this was um, this was 1989 is when this was written. Right. So definitely by the time this book came around, yeah. it was not a new concept. Yeah. It also may have been ghostwritten. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know. He's released a lot of books. So yeah. What be- is the fucking point to ghostwriting? So that you can have a book with your name on it, but you don't have to write the book with your name on it. But then it's, it's meaningless. You have no sense of accomplishment or pride in it because you didn't do anything. It, I could see it if you, if you create a story, but you aren't experienced enough or uh, don't consider yourself a good enough writer to get that story across. So you create so you the outline. Some, events yeah. And someone yeah. You create the lore book and somebody else throws it into a novel. So this also um, was turned into a movie. Okay. And it was turned into a TV show. Yeah. Post movie. So the movie was like a, like almost like a pilot. Right. And they made the show after with the same actors. Okay. Kind of Um, like Stargate. Kind of. Yeah. 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 This, uh, this did not do well. Right. Um, it's honestly, have you ever heard of TJ Hooker? The, uh, the old William Shatner show? Uh, sounds really familiar. He's a police officer. I think he's in LA. Yeah. This is just that in space. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. Okay. In the future. In the the future. Yeah. yeah. They, they call it TJ Hooker mixed with Star Trek. Okay. Um, okay. And that's very much how it, how it feels, how it feels. My mom uh, loved TJ Hooker. She went through and watched like the whole show. And right. It's an 80s cop show. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been four years. Uh, we find out that he was framed and put in prison for something he didn't do, but nobody else believes him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure. You, everyone says they're framed. Right. There's a drug that he used called tech. Okay. <gasps> tech war. And he was a cop who was you know, 80s, damn good at his job and right. yada, yada, and always got his man. But but he had a bit of a dependency issue on tech. Okay, okay. Right, so he used tech. He, he admits he used tech. He was framed, though, for dealing and smuggling tech. Right. Which he never did. Right. But that's what he was put away for. Not much of a leap. Yeah, no, in my opinion. it's believable. Yeah. 
Jake Cardigan is almost Riddick-like in his level of badassery. Right. Um, because, okay. again, action star written in the 80s. I'm going to keep harping on that in the beginning, and then I'll back off a bit. Okay. Um, but he does the one-liners. He does the action bits. Like, he's very, very much that style of hero. Right. Okay. He doesn't trust androids. Oh, he, big he re- surprise. He refuses to work with them Andes. And, hey, uh, Spoonie! There's there's a line where he uh he at one point calls uh uh calls an android he says you mech and the android's like we look at mech as a as a racial slur and he's like no I do too. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear mech, I'm thinking of like someone inside of a machine, right? Like the Matrix Three kind of thing, right. like a bodysuit. But mech could it's just short for mechanical, so right. you could you literally use mech for anything, right? Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like it fits, but I mean, really. He's That's like, the insult? He's like, I know what I said. Mech? <laughs> <laughs> but Winger has, again, no idea why he's being released. There's no one, no info on who sprung him from, uh, from the freezer. So he can't wait to get home, right? He's going to go ask. Uh, her name is Katie. Okay. Um, he can't wait to get home and ask Katie what's going on. It's been four years, man. She might See not be around. Danny. Surely so much has changed between now and then. I mean, it's been four years. Yeah. I'm ignoring what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there's business to attend to first. He's got to find out who sprung him. Okay. So I'm not going to name 90% of the characters in this book. Right. Because 90% of the characters in this book, he goes from informant to informant to informant to informant to informant. Mm-hmm. At first, it's hilarious because it's like, what about what about this guy? Oh, he's dead. What about this guy? Oh, he got locked up ages ago. What about this guy? Yeah, he's in the freezer. What about this guy? He retired. Uh-huh. They go through like 10 names. Oh, my God. And I'm not going to touch on any of them except for one because that one... <laughs> That one man is named Suicide Smith. Okay. And he says, what about Suicide Smith? And this is from the book. Maybe I can use Suicide Smith. Oh, honey, you haven't heard about him either, have you? Yeah, Suicide Smith committed suicide last Christmas. What the fuck? He was all, you know, here we always thought the guy was kidding about wanting to do himself in. Oh. I mean, you wouldn't nickname a guy Suicide if you thought he was really going to do it someday, would you? Oh, no. Well, he did. Holy shit. (laughs) I read that. I was at work when I read that. Yeah, <laughs> I I had to take a break because I oh was laughing God. so so damn hard. This poor guy was crying for help the whole time. Yeah, and, and they they're like, just ah, like, suicide, yeah, suicide, Smith. suicide. Come ah. on! <laughs> oh my God! Holy shit! <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It is not only funny; it is amazing how you would not be able to write that today. Right. No. And you should not write that today. <laughs> right. That joke should not exist. Like, <laughs> goddamn. Dead Tom's dead. They had to add that in. That's why he's called Dead Tom. <laughs> Call him Johnny two times. He's everything two times. I'm going to go get the papers. Get the papers. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, that's really the only informant that I loved. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he basically finds out that all his old contacts are useless. Right. Uh, he goes home. He's like, man, I got to use my glasses now. Fuck. Oh, man. He finds a message left for him. Now, the house, so he goes back to his house. His house has almost like a, you ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? A long time ago. You know, the ship has like a personality and it talks yeah, to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the houses have that now. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So the house is like, oh, oh, Mr. Cardigan, welcome back. And he's like, oh, great. Thanks. Good to be here. He's yeah. like, well, I've stocked the fridge on hearing you were being released. And uh, by the way, your wife left you a message. Okay. Uh, the message says she's divorcing him. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, two years old. Right. Or, no, the message was left earlier that day, but she divorced him two years ago. Right, right, right. Okay. So he's like, I- I'm divorced? And the house is like, yes, would you like some dinner? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically just clueless. It's kind of funny. 
But uh, but yeah, so uh, Kate left and is basically underground hiding. Okay. And Danny's with him. Okay. Uh, with her. With her. Excuse me. Uh, she does mention that he is going to a really nice private school. So. Okay. Good for him. Why is she hiding? Is he like a really nasty guy? No, no. She just wants to move on and realizes that because he just went to sleep and woke up, he won't have. Right. Okay. So she's kind of like, hey, don't come looking for me. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. He goes looking for her. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. Uh, In a little bit, though. First, he thinks, God damn, I'm divorced. And I just got out from being framed for being a tech dealer. Where's my tech? Right. He, He needs it now. He needs it now. So he goes under his bed, finds his old stash, which is like fingerprinted so only he can open it. <laughs> Let alone, like, they would have searched everything. Right. And I can't believe, so it's in like a hidden floor panel that's distinctly v- different than the other floor panels. I yeah. can't believe they wouldn't have found this. And even if he's, they, they make the remark, even if they did, it was biometrically sealed so only he could open it. Right. Bullshit. Right. <laughs> but break it open? Dynamite. Cut it open? Exists. Yeah. Or ask the house where it is, even if you can't find it. You're right. I mean, we don't know how much agency. We don't know how much agency the house has. Right, but I so, mean, I w- I would assume. I would assume too that because we don't know differently. Yeah, uh, we never that that doesn't really. That's more just world building. That doesn't play into effect really much. Right. after this, with the house that is. So he pulls out his brain box. Okay, which is a, a little small machine, and he puts a disc of tech into it. Okay. It's tech comes in like hard pucks. All right. He puts one into the box, programs something in the box. We don't know what. And then puts on like almost like a, a like an sector electroencephalograph kind of thing. Okay. Where it's like a, like a head head monitor. Right. Right. And then he sees Kate walk through the door. Oh, shit. Turns out tech, you, you put a tech chip into the brain box. Right. You program the vision you want. And then tech makes that vision Whoa. reality. Basically, it's the inception drug. Yeah, okay. How you program a vision of your ex-wife walking in, right. I don't know, but he does. Okay. In about 6 seconds, see so he so I guess he must have her like pre-rendered or something into the into the box. So, just, yeah. I don't know. Common common usage, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh basically the vision is her coming in and hugging him and then his son coming in and like just them being a family again. That's fucking sad. And he wakes up to see his old partner Gomez sitting on the bed next to him. Yeah. And Gomez is like, God damn it. <laughs> it's been like an hour right. and you're already using tech. The fuck. Right. Bro. That's how I feel. That's how I feel too. Yeah. Like, bro, come on. But I mean, obviously being in the deep freeze doesn't, uh, doesn't bring you dead. It, you know, it doesn't, it, it would change. I think it would change physical dependencies, but not mental dependencies. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because all you're doing is sleeping for four years, effectively. You're flipping a switch off and turning it back on. You're going to be in the same state that you were, which is why it's a shit punishment. Right, exactly. So Gomez says, no, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not here to narc on you. I don't work for the cops anymore. After you left, I did some investigating and was trying to, you know, I always believed you. I always believed you. So I was trying to investigate, trying to figure out, you know, maybe who framed you. But all the leads either dried up or deaded up. Okay. Ended up dead. Uh, So I quit. And I'm now working for a private gig called the Cosmos Detective Agency. Okay. Yep. Cosmos Detective Agency. Now, they have a job that, y- that I need you for. So I want you, I put my, I put my name, I vouched for you. Right. I need you to join us and we're going to go. But I can't tell you what it is until you join us. <laughs> okay. And Jake's like, you can't give me anything. He's like, I, we're looking for someone. 
Right. But I can't tell you any more than that because it's cl- like classified company policy. It's going to be his wife or son. If you join us. Yeah. I'll tell you the deets. And Jake says, well, that's a big commitment. Like I was with the, P- the, the SoCal police department. I want to go back to them, mm-hmm. but they're also assholes. Give me the night to think about it. Right. He of course joins them. Okay. Like sweet straight up. There's like a chapter and a half where he's debating. And then he's just like, yeah, I did. And Gomez is like, yeah, of course you did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Gomez is where we're introduced to the, the racist speedy Gonzalez effect. Okay. Where, and this may be intentional. I I don't think it is. Gomez is of Mexican descent. Okay. A lot of the characters we're going to meet are uh, Mexican. Okay. Every single one of them talks like they could have a speedy Gonzalez accent. Right. Okay. And I hate it. It's the only way that I could read it because it's the way that he's writing. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't like it. Right. Okay. Um, they, they do use a really good mix of Spanish and English words. Right. Um, including Jake Cardigan. He speaks a little bit of Spanish, which I mean, sure you'd have to. Yeah. But that's how I heard 90% of the remaining characters. Oh my God. And it was really annoying. That's unfortunate. It is. It really is. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think it was intentional because he's writing a story that takes place in Mexico. Okay. So of course they're going to sound like Mexicans because right. they're speaking Spanish and you know, they, they are Mexican, right. but seeing that written from the perspective of a 60 year old white guy yeah. who's been in Hollywood his whole life, yeah, it felt like there was a bit of disconnect. We are chasing the banditos. Pr- pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Uh, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting that out of the way. I'm addressing it here and then I won't address it again. Okay. Um, that just, that just bugged me a bit. Um, and again, I don't think it was intentional. I don't think it was something he even thought about. Right. Um, it's just like Mexican people sound like this. You pretty much, pretty yeah. much like a, I played a cop in LA on TV. Once I know how to deal yeah. with, <laughs> I know how to write from a different perspective. Oh man. Yeah. After Jake gives the word. He finds out the job. Okay. There's a, a, a father-daughter team of scientists who have been working on something lately. We piece together through a series of informants that I'm going to skip right. that, because uh, <laughs> that's all this book is, right? <laughs> um, that they're working on a, a device that will, if produced, destroy the tech industry. Okay. That's good. It's very good. So, they have gone missing. Naturally. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, because the pe- they're working people, on anti-tech, right? The people making the money on the tech are exactly. like, you know, fuck this. Exactly. Exactly. Their names are, um, Dave and Beth Kitteridge. Okay. Dave is obviously the father. Beth is the daughter. They'd never met, uh, Jay Cardigan never met them before. He's, he'd never heard of them. Right. Their job now is to find both of them. Okay. Gomez has a lead. He's going to meet with somebody named Dr. I call her Dr. Bittenbinder, but that's not even close to her name. Okay. <laughs> Bittenbinder is the name. Did you ever play um, Pitfall on the GameCube? No, never. Okay. Bittenbinder is the name of a person in Pitfall. Okay. And this person is nothing like that person. Her name is Dr. Dannenberg. How the fuck do you go from Dannenberg to Bittenbinder? Yeah. I have no idea. (laughs) I couldn't tell you. Does she fall in the book? Nope. Okay. Kind of. Kind of. But no. Has nothing to do. They are not similar in any way. Okay. Dr. Dannenberg is a female. Dr. Bittenbinder is a male. I, they have nothing to do with each other at all in any way, shape, or form. They're not even close. The only similarity they have is doctor. 
So if I say Bittenbinder, <laughs> yeah. I mean Dannenberg. That's very bizarre. It's absurd. I can't explain it. That's why I'm looking at my notes every time I say her name. So they're going to meet Dr. Dannenberg. Okay. And she has a couple leads. Awesome. So they, uh, Gomez had scheduled a meeting for that day because he knew Jake was going to say yes. Right. What, what else is Jake going to do? We also find out, uh, I should have said this before, but it doesn't really come up. Um, currency is still valued at what it was in the 70s or in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. So he has like 40K and he's considering retiring. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know. You can retire for maybe a year. <laughs> as long as you invest everything in 1982 when prime rate hits its max. Yeah. Then retire in, right before it crashes, then you're good. Yeah. That, that's why most sci-fi authors just make up a currency. Exactly. Because then it doesn't matter. Exactly. Ex or why Star Trek didn't have currency. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Because inflation, is, and they use U.S. dollars still a thousand years from now. Okay. Yep. Uh, but Gomez also says that he pushed his boss to release Jake. Mm -hmm. So that's why Jake was freed early. Okay. It took so much to figure that out. Okay. <laughs> not, not it took me so much, but it took like, there were so many chapters devoted to that question. And then Gomez is like, yeah, it was me. Yeah. I, I figured he would have said that right with Susie he, he pretty much does. He okay, pretty much okay. does. Yeah. So they go to see Dr. Dannenberg, uh, but as the doctor's approaching them, so they're, they're at a cafe waiting and the doctor's coming up to them. Right. A homeless man runs up to the doctor, grabs her and explodes. Okay. That was my reaction too. <laughs> right before he explodes, Gomez sees what's going on and he lunges to the doctor to try to save her. She explodes. Gomez is blown off. They're on like a boardwalk. Right. He's blown off of the boardwalk onto the street below. Jesus. And Jake is picked up by the police. Okay. So they kind of figure out what's going on. Um, they're in talking to a series of nurses and um, doctors and then the police captain. Jake puts together first that Gomez is alive. Okay. And uh, he has like a broken leg and he's hospitalized. Right. But he's alive. Dannenberg is dead. AF. That sucks. But it wasn't a real Dannenberg. It was an android Dannenberg. Oh my God. The twists in this book. They keep on coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The, the twist that keeps on giving. Which explains why when Jake was stumbling around after the explosion, he didn't find any of her body parts. The. What? Wait, what? what? There was no blood. There was no viscera. But. He should should have found mechanical parts. Of I was looking for mechanical parts. I mean, uh, look, I don't have an answer for you, buddy. Okay, all right. Because there is also the homeless man that yeah, blew but, up. Yeah, didn't uh, uh, he was also an android. Uh, okay, all right. All See, right. he was called what's he he was what's called a kamikaze. Kamikaze is an android specifically designed to look human, like right. like a lot of androids are nowadays. Their only goal is they are given a target, they run up, grab the target, and detonate. Okay. That's what they do. Pretty straightforward. Very straightforward. We find out there had been like 400 deaths to kamikazes in SoCal in Mexico. Jesus. In the past like four years. Four years? Oh my God. And there'd been like a thousand or like 9,000 deaths in Japan. Oh my God. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine you're just walking down the street and a bum grabs you and explodes. Yeah. Jesus. Like anyone and everything can be a potential target. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, they're terrorist weapons. Right. You know. I remember seeing a movie. It was, I, I believe it was some martial arts film and it had Jackie Chan in it or something. And it was like a super serious film. And there was a scene where this, some, some of the Yakuza does a hit on a guy. Mm -hmm. But it the hit is so funny because like American hits, you're like, they drive up in a car, shoot him and drive off. Yeah. Stand but, but in this movie, 
It's a guy in a suit running down the sidewalk, and there's eight guys behind him with fucking swords screaming, <laughs> screaming and running after him. And it was just a quick cut to show you, oh, they did the hit. Yeah. They killed yeah. the guy. But it's, it's like in broad daylight like just the down the street. subtle thing. Yeah, I was like, ah! And he's like, ah! They, like, <laughs> chop him up, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's sending a message right there. Hey, if you don't have to worry about punishment. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point. Yeah, probably. That's incredible. But, that's like the uh, with the mafia and giving the uh, the kiss of death right before. Yeah, before it was they just get hit. It was just unexpected. Before you whack a guy, <laughs> uh, Jake's old boss. The 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 um, he's not the commissioner, but he's like a higher up in the police agency. Okay, is super angry at Jake, and he's like, "You don't deserve to be out." Yada yada yada. And Jake's right. like, "Well, I'm not going to punch you in the face because I don't want to get arrested." <laughs> that's his moral just, high ground. Just being honest, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, his moral high ground is I'm not going to punch you in the face, even though I want to. So, you know, that's the kind of character. What a good guy. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's awesome. What a good fucking guy. Jake is released on account of he didn't actually do it. They figured out what happened. Right. Okay. Yep. Uh, so Jake goes to the head of the Cosmos agency and they chat. He finds out that someone named Bennett Sands is looking for the Kittredges. That's the two doctors. Yeah. And that Jake needs to find them before he does. Turns out Bennett Sands is a guy who's Jake's wife used to work for. Hmm, interesting. I have in parentheses, they banged. I mean, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Jake gets into an air taxi to go investigate some more, but the taxi flies the wrong way. Oh, shit. (laughs) And uh, it lands in an abandoned facility, and he meets someone on a vid screen who he used to know from back in the day. Okay. Get used to this. Okay. (laughs) That person is Kurt Wintergild. Fuck off. Kurt Wintergild... I think he used to be an officer with Jake. He is now the head of the drug control agency. The drug control. Oh, so the, the, um, the government branch. Yeah. What's it? What's it? What's it's like the, what's it called? The drugs and alcohol administration, the DAA, or there's the, uh, the FDA. Yeah. Food and drug administration. There's also the DEA. I was thinking DEA, um, but I wasn't sure if that was right, but yeah. Okay. No, so he's no, the it's head not, it's not, it's not the DAA. It's the DEA. There's uh, I'm not going to make the ABC, XYZ, PDQ. Do you know XYZ PDQ? Examine your zipper pretty darn quick. I've never heard that before. Really? Nope. That's how we used to tell people your flies down in elementary school. I'd just say flies down. XYZ people, you couldn't, you couldn't say. It's how Why you, not? It's how you did it without drawing attention. But you would just, you would just like turn them around and say, hey, your flies down. Not in, not in third grade, you wouldn't. Because in third grade, you don't know tack. I don't know. I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, if you don't want attention drawn to yourself, make sure your flies up. XYZ PDQ. Weren't you homeschooled? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> but if I saw someone with their fly down, I'd just tell them. <laughs> yeah, but that's not, that's, that's embarrassing. Well, they should have checked then. That's, they bring that on themselves. Well, yeah, but you can, I mean, you can spare them a little bit. Why? Because it's nice. <laughs> Why be nice? Because <laughs> you're not an asshole. <laughs> well, there's the, there's the, there's <laughs> where we the split problem. ways here. That's the, there it is. <laughs> Uh, so he's now the, the head of the DCA, and he wants Kittredge even more than the Cosmos Agency does. Uh, this is where we find out about the tech box and everything and okay. yada, yada, yada. So what it is, is a box that emits a radio frequency okay. at the right frequency that it will shatter all of the disks of tech in an area. <laughs> okay. Because apparently all of those tech disks, A, are of the same consistency. Right. B, have that capability right c apparently I, I, th- look there's so much wrong with this okay <laughs> because 
like, yes, you can shatter a wine glass by singing at a high pitch mm-hmm. because it, it resonates at the, at the perfect frequency, right. vibrates and it causes it to fall apart. So there's assuming tech can do the same thing, but it's also in a certain vicinity. So that's, I'm, I'm picturing them they never explain what they are going to do, but I'm picturing them just rocking up to a street corner, flipping on a jukebox, not yeah. a, juke, a boom box. Yeah. Some, some loud and just like a giant, like you're going to deafen people probably, but it's fine. Cause it'll get rid of tech. Okay. I, yeah. But also like certain frequencies just don't get through walls and shit. Right. Exactly. So like if it's one of those, then it's, it's whatever. It's, that's not effective. Exactly. <laughs> that's a dumb idea. It's stupid. Also, do these discs get consumed when the machine's working? Yes. How does that work? Don't know. Okay. <laughs> it does, it does use them. It doesn't say if there's waste or if it's all consumed or. And it's not, it's left. not like intravenous or anything. No, no, no. It's all, uh. It's just electronic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that even a drug then? No, not really. It's it's a weirdly powered VR. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. It's not a drug. I don't know. But yeah, so so Winter Guild is like, yo, we need you to find her. Here follows a list of nonsense about getting old contacts again. Okay. Again. Uh, he goes from person to person, learning not really anything until he makes his way down to Mexico, and he holds up in a hotel outside Chihuahua. Chihuahua is the province where the ship crashed, where the carriages disappeared. They were in a ship okay. flying over Chihuahua. Ship crashed. Gotcha. Um, he learns that over across like 10 chapters. Okay. He investigates a bit. And then when he gets back to his hotel, a huge cyborg lunges at him with a knife. He 80s action stars his way through the fight. And okay. the cyborg runs off. Okay. Leaving the knife behind. Uh, he's not injured. The cyborg is a little bit. Uh, he takes it to another contact who identifies it as belonging to Frankie Torres. Okay. The knife. Right. He also finds out that the real Dr. Dannenberg wants to meet with him. Okay. So they go to a cafe and they talk, and this is the real Dannenberg. She gives Cardigan a map to the factory nearby where the Kittredges used to work. Okay. They had bought it and they used it as like a laboratory because apparently no one else thought to go there. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know what would be left there. Yeah. <laughs> It's untouched. Okay. This is the halfway point of the book. Okay. Not a whole lot else happens. Okay, great. Yeah, it's kind of funny. (laughs) A lot happens, but at the same time, a lot doesn't happen. Right. So he goes to the factory. He finds an Android replica of Beth Kitteridge. Okay. The daughter. He knows it's her from some pictures he'd seen. She still looks familiar to him somehow, but he can't place it. He thinks he dreamed about her in in his cryosleep, but he can't be sure. Okay. He wakes up the android who is fully naked because why not? Oh, I mean, it's an android. Yep. And she asks what's going on. She's aware she's an android. Okay. She is also aware she can tell when other people are androids. Okay. It's just a a knack she has. She also has all of Beth's memories downloaded into her because the whole point of these replicas is to act like the person. Right. So they get the memories downloaded into them. Uh, She has all of Beth's memories up to like three days ago. Okay. So she acts like Beth Kittredge. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. So he tells her about the crash and she, I'm going to call her Bethbot. Okay. Bethbot says that she needs to go with him to find her father. She also puts on a, like a bathrobe. Okay. Um, because she, not because she wants to, but because she doesn't want to him to be embarrassed. Okay. Even though he's just been like ogling her this whole time. Right. But she, she's, she understands human behavior. Right. So she's like, eh, she's like, I don't so. care, but this is good for you. So yeah. an alarm goes off in the factory. Okay. There are intruders. They have followed Jake. Okay. Somehow. And again, no one ever visited this factory before. Right. But also the alarms didn't go off when he went in. 
Um, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, uh, like a short gun battle. Beth has a stun gun in her arm. Right. Like a stun laser. Okay. Jake also has a stun gun that he picks up off the counter because he didn't have his real gun with him for some reason. I think he got knocked off in the, in the cyborg fight. Okay. And then he just left and didn't get just it. Just didn't bother. Um, and there's no guns in the facility because uh, Dr. Kitteridge did not believe in violence or killing. But he has stun so they have, guns. So they have stun guns That's because still, they'll incapacitate. It, well, it's still a form of violence. They escape in an air cab. There's another chase where uh, uh, some baddies fly up after them. Okay. The cab has a tail gun. That is another stun gun. Okay. It's, I think it's like a disabler rifle. I think is what like they call an it. Ion cannon. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. He, he shoots down the other people chasing him. They're untouched. 80s action star. Right. You know? Okay. Um, it's very, it's so boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's so boring. And then they go to regroup. They go to a different cafe and they talk about leads, but an old reporter buddy who knows Jake rocks up and he's like, Jake, I heard you were in the freezer, but I heard you got out. What's, oh, you found Beth Kidridge. Oh no. This is the only black guy in the book. Um, okay. <laughs> he's an old reporter friend of Jake's because fucking everyone knows Jake. Right. Least and Jake. Jake knows everyone. It's Jake Cardigan. I mean, you're right. <laughs> There's some talk about, hey, what are you doing down here? I'm a reporter looking for this, yada, yada, yada. Everyone right. knows about the Kittredge story. Okay. So how'd you find her? Beth stuns him at that point. Okay. And they leave him at the cafe after chiding him for drinking too much to the other patrons. If people saw this? Yeah. Okay. So they didn't, they didn't see her stun him. Right. But they chi- they're like, oh, we told you not to drink too much. So everybody thinks he passed so out. So everybody thinks he passed out, and then they, they leave, and they leave him with the bill. Okay. They go back, like, a little bit later because they realize they need to talk to him. Oh, my God. So they, like, wake him up, and they're like, you just passed out in the middle of talking. Oh, my God. And it's hilarious. <laughs> Let's just stun him again. Yeah. Um, but I skipped ahead a little bit. That happens in a little bit. But it also, they don't really learn anything else. All of these informants and everything, and they just kind yeah. of don't really learn anything that they don't already know, which is uh, oh my God. <laughs> that, uh, oh, I'm sorry. They did learn one thing. They learned that Bennett Sands is working for someone named Sonny Hikori. Okay. Sonny Hikori is the leading tech dealer. Okay. Okay. It's so hard to keep track of what informants are useful and which ones aren't. Yeah. <laughs> Jake questions. So now they're back. They go back to their hotel rooms. They, they got two rooms. Okay. Because... Jake just wants to be alone. He doesn't want to be next to an android all night. I mean, she could power down in the closet. Like, why? Mm. Eh. <laughs> and Jake and she are kind of talking, and he's like, well, why didn't Kathy tell me that what she, she never told me what she was doing working with Bennett Sands? Now, through a contact that we just talked to, I found out that she's down here with him. Okay. And he's kind of having, like, a little meltdown, and she's just like, yeah, I mean, life sucks. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> she, she's, she really is sympathetic. Okay. Um... She goes to bed, she kisses him on the cheek, and then goes to bed. Aww. He gets a call from another contact that there's a lead at a brothel nearby. <laughs> and this is the part, I told you about it a little bit before we started. Okay. This is a part where if this was in a movie, yeah. there would be a lot of titties. Right. Because it's an 80s movie and this is a brothel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dear listener, there are no titties in this scene. Yay? I, you know. Up, up to your preference, I'm not de- I'm not describing titties. Okay. Okay, that's good. Yeah. But I, I love that scenario. It's like, I got a lead. All right, where is it? It's at the, uh, the, the broth. I, 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 there's also, we've, um, like for a little bit of world building, there are yeah. Android brothels 
where oh, you can nice. like they have androids of all the big celebrities and yeah. and that kind of thing. So you can go and bang whoever you that's, want. Uh, that's like the movie AI. Very, very much. Oh, yeah, James Carpenter. Yeah. It's also there's a um, minority report, I think. Is that also in that? There's okay. uh, like an underground sex brothel. Not I mean, that's what a brothel is, but like there's an underground AI brothel. OK, OK. Where like men can experience what it feels like to be a woman etc vice versa Whoa. and and it's a whole yeah you can like basically do whatever you want because it's all simulated interesting yeah i hate that concept yeah <laughs> um as he goes to the brothel a little girl runs out and is like screaming and crying and being chased by a big guy who's basically like hey come back here me and my friends aren't done with you shit yeah and jake in his infinite wisdom says this is probably a setup and then he goes okay. and kills the big guy okay rescues a little girl she stuns him. Yeah. It was a setup. <laughs> but <laughs> Okay. There's, there is a little bit of conversation between him and the little girl. And she's like, I can't go back home because my dad will beat me. And he's like, well, we got to get you somewhere. And she's like, okay, let's go. And then they, she stuns him. Right. Like, he doesn't go anywhere. I, I guess is he's like, well, it's probably a setup, but if I'm wrong. Exactly. There's a huge, like. Exactly. If I don't help her and she is in trouble. Right fuck me yeah exactly okay so she stuns him so he wakes mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. and he's in a room with mechanical bulls not not like rodeo bulls like uh full-fledged moving like full-fledged cyborg bulls okay one of them it says is bright red for some reason what what was the purpose of that i don't know i don't know <laughs> there's another action scene okay and beth shows up and disables all of the bulls with a gun she has like a disabler gun. android beth beth bot beth bot okay <laughs> She had placed a tracker on Cardigan. Okay. So she found him. On his cardigan. On his cardigan. On Cardigan's cardigan. At this point, I'm annoyed. They go to another goddamn contact. Okay. That person directs them to one of Jake's old lovers, Warbride. Wow. That's her nickname. Okay, that's good. Yeah. She has another name. She doesn't use it. Full metal bitch. Pretty much, yeah. All right. Yeah, very similar. Warbride now holds power in a region of Chihuahua. She's a... Uh, not a cartel leader, but she's almost like a rebel leader. Okay. But she kind of does her own thing. Okay. She and Jake used to bang, but they were never, it was just friends with benefits. Right. They were never a, an item. She went her way. He went his. That was well before he was frozen. Gotcha. Uh, and before he met Kate as well. Okay. Jake finds out that Warbride's current lover, Vargas. 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 That's the name of uh, the bad guy from Far Cry 3, right? It is. Okay. <laughs> Through one of Jake's contacts named Globo, who's the only one I'm going to mention. Globo. Globo. He's fat and it's awesome. <laughs> I, love um, it. I love it. Yeah. He, I don't think he's the one. There isn't, there is one informant who Jake rocks up at his house. And then we find out that that informant used to be a porno shooter. Like, a, like he used to nice. film porno and sell it. Yeah. But now he's a legit movie director. Oh, okay. But then the hologram that is his house disappears. So apparently okay. you can pay to have people like customize your house to be what you want and you just fill it with furniture and then it just looks like whatever you want. Uh, so the hologram <laughs> okay. disappears and then his wife comes out and he's like, you didn't pay the bills. What the fuck? I thought we were in the clear. Oh he's like, God. no, 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 I'll pay. I'll call him and pay it. We're only six months behind. Only six months. And then a repo agency shows up and takes his wife away because it turns out she's actually an android. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you didn't pay for me either. Oh my God. He's that's... like, no, no, I'll sort this. It's fine. That's pretty good. I like that. It was a really good set piece. It's like a page and a half, but it was hilarious. Yeah. But that wasn't Globo. Globo is just a different informant. But Vargas used Globo to find out where Jake was and then put a hit on him. Okay. And that was why Freddy Tor Frankie Torres attacked him. 
Okay. okay. So Frankie Torres is the one with the knife in the hotel bar or in the in the hotel room who we skipped over kind of, but he had the knife and then they're like, who's this knife? It's Frankie Torres. Gotcha. Through Vargas, through Globo. The only thing that Jake has to do is go find Warbride and find out why Vargas put the hit on him. Like, why did Warbride allow that? Right. Turns out she didn't. So when he shows up, Warbride is about to execute Globo. Okay. For being a traitor. Right. Because Globo told Jake, first off, hey, he put a hit on him. And then he said, hey, this hit was because of Vargas. Like, don't blame me. Okay. So he shows up. They're about to execute Globo. Cardigan basically challenges Warbride and is like, yo, 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 yo. Vargas did this. And she's like, no, he didn't. And he's like, yeah, he did. No, he didn't. (laughs) So they go and they talk to Vargas and Vargas is like, no, I didn't. And Warbride's like, really? And he's like, no, I did. (laughs) Okay. And we find out that Vargas had also had dealings with Sonny Hikori. Okay. Who's the big tech dealer. Right. He was going to pay Vargas $500,000. That's so much. If he would force the Kittredges to crash land. Okay. Gotcha. So he did. And he's like, I was, the money was for us, babe. I was going to give it to you. Like, this is for our, she shoots him in the chest. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then she's like, Jake, get, get away. Just leave. Yeah. Like, go do what you have to do. Leave. Leave me alone. Globo is not executed. Nice. Yeah. He saves Globo. Globo lives. (laughs) Hashtag Globo lives. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. Um. (laughs) She swears to Jake she doesn't know anything, um, but, but I'm sorry. She she tells him to get away, but she also tells him where to find Bennett Sands. Right. Okay. So Bennett Sands, the one that Kate, his wife, used to work for, uh, who is working with Akori. Okay. On the way out, a kamikaze who looks like Danny, his son. Oh, my God. Runs up and he's like, oh, it's Danny. Oh, my God. It's Danny. He's alive. Bethbot jumps in front of him. Yeah. And Danny explodes. Jesus. And... He sits there for a minute just crying. Yeah. Uh, Jake does. Okay. Because now Bethbot is gone and he thought it was his son. Right. Because he forgot the one plot device where people could be anyone. (laughs) I'd be so fucking paranoid if that was reality. Yeah, I'm saying. I wouldn't go near anybody. I am saying. So Bethbot blows up. Jake breaks into Sans' place and finds his wife naked in bed with Sans. There's a line here where she always slept naked because apparently they have to have some horny line. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He also realizes now he's like, oh, they were banging. (laughs) (laughs) He, he has a conversation with Kate, but it's just like, you knew we were banging, right? And he's like, no, I thought you were honest and yada, yada. Why would she say that? (laughs) She, she says, I thought you were such a good detective that you would figure it out and confront me. All I ever wanted to do. Like you, you always put work first. You never cared about me. Yada, yada, yada. So that was her like. So she was trying to. Yeah. That's fucked up. It's seriously fucked up. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's super manipulative and a horrible thing to do. a really immature way of doing that. Yeah, why not just talk to him? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so that happens, but I, I didn't write any of that down. Um, he forces Sands at gunpoint to take him to Sonny. Sonny lives in the brothel. Okay. The one that he was given the tip about. Right. So Sands gets him in, and there's a scene where, like, the, the android at the, like, the bouncer is like, no guns, and he has a gun to Sands' back. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean no guns? He's like, no guns. And he talks to Sans and he's like, Sans, you come in here all the time. I don't believe you don't have a gun. Tell him the password to let me in with a gun. <laughs> yeah. And Sans does. Okay. So he gets in with his gun. Great. He goes upstairs, uh, breaks into Sonny's room, and Sonny Akori is waiting for him. 
Oh, nice. It's the the like almost the turn chair petting the cat right. kind of thing. Only there's no cat and he's there's no turn. He's, pet, he's petting a tray of tech discs. <laughs> My pretties. They talk a little bit, and then the ceiling explodes. <laughs> okay. And a whole bunch of people, like, rope drop in. Okay, okay. Including Hambrick and Winterguild. Nice. They shoot Sans and kill him. Okay. They shoot Sonny's arm off. Damn. Yep. Okay. Um, I should say these are laser rifles. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so sorry about that. Sorry. Um, they're not laser rifles either. They're laser rifles. Oh, whatever. They're yeah. laser rifles. Yeah. 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 Jake talks to Winterguild, and Winterguild's like, good job. And then he goes up to Hambrick and punches him in the face. Okay. And he's like, that's what I told you I would do in the station. The rest of this is bullshit. Okay. So, and I'm saying that right now. <laughs> he goes outside and meets like a tenant of the brothel. Okay. And. He says, where are the Kittredges being held? Right. The tenant directs him to the room. He goes in and it's only Dr. Kittredge, not Beth. Right. Okay. And Dr. Kittredge says they kept us separated. Beth escaped. I don't know where she is. Jake has a hunch though. At one point when he was talking to Bethbot, Bethbot said she used to fly to the moon anytime she was in trouble because her uncle had an estate there that she would run to. Okay. So he's like, she's on the moon. I need to get to the moon. So he goes to go to the moon. Except Winger shows up and is like, yo, we're arresting you because you punched a cop. Right. And he's like, no, you can't arrest me. I'm Jake Cardigan. I'm an awesome badass. Right. And Gomez shows up, his partner, and basically puts a restraining bolt on Winger that wipes his memory. Oh, my God. So Cardigan can escape and not be charged. Okay. Because apparently that's the only thing that he needs to be charged is one robot who has to remember the crime, even though he punched a cop in the face with witnesses. Okay. <laughs> all right. So Gomez sneaks him into, he has like a, Gomez has a cousin who's in some all shady shit. Right, right, right. So uh, they sneak into like an ice cream van kind of starship. So it's an ice cream van. Like a delivery vehicle. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and they fly to the moon. They find the estate. Okay. They open the door and Beth Critter is like asleep in her room and he opens the door. She wakes up. She starts to flip. Right. And he's like, no, 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 wait, I'm Jay Cardigan. I'm, I'm, I'm like a good guy. I'm on your side. I know what's going on and your father's safe. Okay. And she's like, I, have we met before? And he's like, you know, in a way we have, let me tell you about it. And the story ends. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so questions that weren't answered. Right. Were they working on the tech device? Yes. Okay. They were. Okay, yeah. There was a device. Dr. Kidridge confirms that. I'm realizing I didn't say that in the actual thing. Right. Um, who did Jake dream about? Right. Presumably Beth Kidridge. I, I would think Beth, yeah. There's no confirmation. Okay. He thinks she looks familiar. She thinks he looks familiar, but it doesn't go anywhere. He falls in love with Bethbot, kind of. Okay. But then she dies. Right. Dies in quotation marks. And then he meets the real Beth, and it's just such a rapey vibe. Yeah. That okay. I, I, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. That sucks. Because she doesn't have any of those memories. Exactly. But he does. That's almost like a parasocial I, I was gonna relationship. Say that. I was yeah. going to say that. Fuck, man. Um, yeah, so that's, that's interesting. Nothing came of his addiction. He used it once, and that was it? Yeah. Like it, I yep. figured that'd be a struggle. I thought it would, too. Yeah. I thought it would, too. Because it also mentions in the beginning, I didn't say this because it wasn't relevant, but he has three tech chips left. Okay. So he uses one. 
And I thought like, oh, he's going to use the other two to do some, I don't know, some bullshit scene reconstruction of a crime scene. Yeah, either that or like he's going to use blow through them quickly and then need to find more. Right. Um, Nope. No. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. We do find out who sprung him from jail after a long time. We feed it was Gomez. It was it was Gomez. Kind of Gomez by way of boss. Yeah. That was that was Tech War. Okay. Now what I have to say about Tech War is it is a series. Right. Okay. So this I, is book one. Right. I think I remember you saying that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have no idea if those questions are answered in other books. Right. If people like, I can I will consider finishing the series or at least reading the next book. Okay. That's all I have outside of the ratings. At the end of every episode, the person who read the book must give the book a rating. Our rating system consists of five levels. The lowest level is toilet paper. The book is only worth the material that it's made of. The next level up is shampoo bottle. It's something to read, (coughs) which this one sounded like that. (laughs) The third level is Ikea manual. Competently written, but not necessarily entertaining, or vice versa. Very entertaining, but not competently written. The next level up is Kindle Pick. It's worth buying electronically and or discounted at a used bookstore. And uh, the highest rating we can give a book is Hardcover. It's an instant classic, and we recommend you buy the book. Jack Henley, what is your rating for Tech War? Well, Jimmy Turtleneck, my rating for Tech War has an asterisk. Okay. Because it is part of a series. Right. And I knew that going in. And it reads like it. Right. I give it an Ikea manual with the potential to either go shampoo bottle or Kindle pick, depending on future releases. Because it very much reads like it's the setting up a series. Right. It feels like it the whole way through. I knew it going in. It is competently written. Okay. But the plot is not interesting. Right. <laughs> And the way it's executed, it feels like, and I don't think this is what they did. I think, I think, I think the film and the TV show came out afterwards, but it feels like they took this novel or they took a screenplay for a show, made it a novel and then made the movie and the show afterwards. Right. Okay. That's what it feels like. But I, I don't think that's what they did. I think they wrote the book first and then made the screenplay after that. Okay. But it very much feels like an eighties action movie. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's. Throughout the whole thing, he takes some hits, but it like nothing slows him down. He doesn't right. get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically invincible throughout it all. There's a little bit of danger. He doesn't. I was shocked. I think I told you going in, I was expecting him to bang every girl he met. Right. He didn't. He didn't bang anyone in the book. That's good. Yeah. He kissed an android. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then he uh, saved a girl from being raped. Right. But not really because that was a setup. But there was a lot less, uh, a lot less sexual content in this book than I was expecting. Just with it being an '80s action book, and William Shatner, and William Shatner, yeah, and 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 the womanizer William Shatner. So yeah, right now, right now it's sitting at um, an IKEA manual. Could be good, could be bad. There's some unanswered questions, but again, it's setting up a series. Uh, but yeah, I give this, I give this an IKEA manual uh, with the potential to either be better or worse depending on future installments. Will I read those future installments? Probably. Right. <laughs> Eventually. Um. I don't feel compelled to based on this book. Yeah. It's not one that left me wanting more. The world was interesting, but it was just, it was just the eighties SoCal. Right. Right. Transported with like air cars. Mm -hmm. And and that's not the kind of future that I enjoy reading about. It was a really, really, really quick read. I think I read 
because I read half and half and I think I read the last half of it in, it was like 130 pages. Yeah. I read it like 40 minutes. God damn. It was so quick. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my review and summary of Tech War. Uh, for all of you cardigan lovers out there who want to get in touch with us, you can email us at a page too far at gmail.com. That's a page T O O far at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram and Twitter at a page too far. We also have a YouTube channel at a page too far. We post all of our regular episodes to that channel. If it's more convenient for you, we also have a Patreon. Uh, we have a shit ton of bonus, uh, content on our Patreon. We have outtakes every month. It's about five to 10 minutes of essentially bloopers stuff that maybe just didn't fit the episode, but it was fun. We'll put in our outtakes. Uh, we have footnotes, which is basically a really long outtake that could be 10 minutes or more. We have bonus episodes every month. We do one bonus episode, which is like a regular episode, but it's usually longer, more involved. We don't cut as much stuff out and Finally, we also have we have movie commentaries. Uh, we have done Malignant so far. Uh, we're planning on doing the Riddick movie uh, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those are, you know, just a, something a little extra that's super easy for us to do. We, have, we don't have to do any editing on those yeah, things. Yeah, they're just fun. Yeah, so it's, it's just a little something extra that we throw on there. We basically watch movies anyway and comment on them. Why not record it and throw it up somewhere? Yeah, it's really fun. So yeah. uh, if you guys could support us in any way, in any tier, it is vastly appreciated. Uh, this show takes uh, a lot of our extra time. We both have full-time jobs, so this uh, eats into our free time in order to produce this show, and uh, we try to make it as professional sounding as possible mm-hmm. for you guys. Um, so any support is vastly appreciated, but of course, look out for yourselves. Uh, we don't want you guys spending money you don't have, okay? We love you, editors. Thanks, editors. Um, hashtag Globo lives. Hashtag Globo lives. Hashtag Bobo lives. Hashtag Bobo lives. But go, go away. Bye.